0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yash show number 2312. Be prepared to be inspired and enlightened too. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana, with a very special guest by the name of Tiffany Hartenstein. Tiffany, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: Thank you. And uh, yes, let's go. Let's do
0: it. Yeah, we'll have some fun. Now, what I should say instead of releasing the clutch is turn on the lights (laughs) and your listeners will understand that in just a minute. But let me give Tiffany a introduction here and then you'll understand why I just said that. Tiffany Hartenstein is the CEO and co-founder of Oracle Lighting, and directly manages the day-to-day operations. Since 1999, Oracle Lighting has developed custom lighting solutions for a wide variety of vehicles and applications. Tiffany and her talented team have grown Oracle Lighting both in size and revenue for over 15 years. They've helped Oracle Lighting make nine consecutive appearances on the Inc. Magazine's Inc. 500 5000 list, which highlights the nation's fastest-growing small businesses. Congratulations. In 2021, Oracle Lighting received SEMA's Manufacturer of the Year award, as well as being recognized as the number one fastest growing company in the greater New Orleans metro area. Wow, you guys are rocking it. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They put the gas in the tanks here, so give them a little love. Buckle up, turn on the lights. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. Way up, but my usage was the same, and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So, what's with that? So, I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 9324 and protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the US are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young men and women to consider these viable career paths. Karzia yeah knows that women make great techs. I've interviewed a lot of them, so we support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Tech Rocks initiative to ensure women see themselves in this profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Tiffany, we are back. This is pretty amazing, I mean, the the uh, successes that your company has had over time. But I want to go back first a little bit with you and learn how did you get into this business being a CEO and co-founder. Uh, this is very cool. So give us a little bit of a background on who you are, what you do, and then we're going to dive into Oracle Lighting and all the cool things that you guys illuminate the world with.
1: Sure. Thank you. So our business, we incorporated in 2005, right around the time of Hurricane Katrina. Oh, yeah. Prior to that, this was the automotive industry was more of a hobby for my husband, who is my co-founder and partners. Um, and he's really the into the designs around the product. So he's running the product development and all of the R&D. So it started out as a hobby for him. Hurricane Katrina hit, and we had to relocate from New Orleans and, and lost our jobs and were young at the time and trying to figure out what are we going to do next. And the only little revenue stream we had was this hobby that he was, you know, doing things on the weekend and yeah. kind of tinkering with headlights and going to car shows. And we're like, we have to put it all into this and see what we can do and try to grow this because we had no other options. And thankfully, we made smart decisions along the way. I mean, it was, you know, growing a business from nothing. Um, it's very hard. Is not an easy thing, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> especially when you're relocated from your family and, and you don't have any of your things. Yeah. After that, once we were able to come back to New Orleans, we really just kind of all in, started building and things were growing very organically and very rapidly. And we just were all in. I mean, our lives were just devoted to this It was like having a baby. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And
1: it was just, it was the late nights and the early mornings and losing sleep. And thankfully, we had a lot of really good employees along the way that you saw our vision and helped us. And some of them are still with us today. And so we've grown a lot from there and into something that I'm super proud of now, where it is. A lot of growing pains and we've made a lot of poor decisions, but we've made more good decisions and bad decisions along the way.
0: You know, this is an uh, amazing story. Um, Kind of like the phoenix coming out of the ashes, but with the illuminating eyes. And I'm sorry, listeners, for all the punch today, but it's too fun and too easy (laughs) uh, with what they're doing. And I'll put links to their website, but they're easy to find, Oracle Lighting. And you'll see what I'm talking about because you guys have developed a very cool line of lighting products. And I I just want to, first of all, say, Pat, you both on the back for what you came out of, oh my gosh. But this is a great story about a side hustle that becomes a main, real business, a very successful business through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Which no doubt mm-hmm. you had all of those with Hurricane yeah. Katrina. But I, I mean, I'm just I'm I didn't know that backstory about you, and it's just awesome. And having built businesses myself, I know how hard it is. And you're right, it's like having children. It's a, a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of fear and a lot of unknowns. However, uh, what you've done has been absolutely amazing. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the idea behind what you've grown? Because when I go to your website and when I was first introduced to you by the great people at Con Media, I went, oh, my goodness, look at all these different products. Very innovative thought process. And your husband obviously is a very creative guy uh, to do that side of the business. Can you walk us through this evolution of why lighting and then why lighting is important? And then maybe we, you can talk a little bit too about the wide variety of products that you offer because it's it's really some neat stuff.
1: Sure. So at the time when the business was starting, my husband was going to different car shows. A lot of them were night shows and people were trying to find a way to make their vehicle stand out. At the time, we were really the only ones in the market focusing on lighting. And it was, it was kind of just like this... Very easy flow into this niche industry or niche part of the industry where people were trying to tell us like you need you need to add other products to your line like you can't just sell lighting and and we're like no we're gonna we're gonna focus on this and we're gonna <laughs> be like really it. good at it. That's a it. good
0: pun. Focus, yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean in, innovation has always been at our core in what we're doing, and thankfully our our research and development department has such a great creative eye for what's coming next. And we can start working on things to be first to market and have things developed that are unique that haven't been seen before, which is, I think, one of our, our huge um, strong points in what we're doing. And, you know, it's like the, the evolution of the the vehicles for us and different things that are popular and, you know, with muscle cars for a long time. And then, you know, I mean, Jeep's taken over the market so much recently, and then the Bronco coming onto the scene. And now we're trying to focus on some new products related to the truck and SUV side. So, And then we're, we're seeing some muscle cars kind of predicting that's coming back. So we're, we're focusing on that for all of our new products that we've got coming up. But it's been quite an, an evolution of product line for us. And we, we try to make sure that we are not getting pinholed into something that it works for a long time, but then all of a sudden the market shifted and we haven't. So, we're trying to make sure that we allow ourselves enough flexibility to move with the market and move quickly.
0: Very wise. You know, the the cool thing, I love lighting because lighting in the old days back, and I'm an old guy, so I've been around for a long time. I remember when you could get these uh, special bulbs, uh, halogen lighting you could put in your headlights, which when I was living mm-hmm. in California at the time were illegal because they were too bright, but they were the cool thing to have. And then they went to kind of blue stuff. And then you take of manufacturers like BMW, we've had lots in our family, and the halo lights, and going, oh that's an interesting idea. And then you get into the upgraded lightings of today and some of the things, say, in Porsches or all of the cool stuff that's available with LED. And uh, you guys provide lights for not just the headlights on cars, but... Different aspects within the car and fiber optic kits and wheel rings and I mean all sorts of really, really fun stuff. So I think you've done a wonderful job of expanding and broadening into all these different sectors. And you said something I I believe in being having been around a long time is important. Things evolve and different cars come into marketplace. And that begs me to ask the question is do you work with OEMs to determine what's coming? Are you providing lights for OEMs? Or are you primarily a direct-to-consumer product supplier?
1: So we do some OE products. We have a couple that we're working on right now that um, we have an NDA with, so, so I can't share too much on that. But for the most part, we're paying attention to industry trends, and we try to attend a lot of consumer shows and just be aware of what the big OEs have in the work. So we don't have any kind of you know, direct relationship where they're giving us info on the side telling sure. us, yeah. you know, we we see the same thing that everybody else can see. But I think we just do a good job in looking at that lineup and just what the consumer is into at the time to figure out what do we need to develop. And it, a lot of times it's something that doesn't exist. So it's like, how do you how do you come up with something that just doesn't even exist? You know, it's like the concept behind it and to be successful with that when you come up with a new idea, you know, there's, there's a lot of risk in that. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't see that, especially if you're not a, a business owner to put a lot of time and money into that, into a new product that hasn't existed you don't know for sure if consumers are going to like it. You don't know how they're going to respond to it. So there's a lot of risk involved in, in that. But I think, thankfully, our uh, our risk tolerance is pretty high. Well, yeah. And we have a lot of faith <laughs> in, in what we're doing.
0: Having been born out of a uh, hurricane, yeah, maybe that, that added to the uh, blood, sweat, and tears and the strength behind mm-hmm. it. You know, you also have some really cool things, shop lights, flashlights, uh, LED power strips. You've got yacht lettering. I mean— you really hit a lot of different things and i know that being a a more mature guy hate to call myself old but more mature guy (laughs) uh, lighting is so important around the shop too and being able to see things better because just your the cones and rods change when you you age and being able to see things better motorcycle lighting i mean you guys cover the gamut i Mm -hmm. think this is so cool now i beg to ask because lots of times working with your spouse can be a bit of a challenge perhaps (laughs) because work never ends i mean you bring it home it's Mm -hmm. we—it everything is combined how do you and your husband kind of balance out your life there so that there is some non-working time and just some time to relax and, and enjoy. Uh, do you dedicate specific times or is that just vacations or running a business to even have time for a vacation?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably one of the most popular questions that I get when people meet us because mm-hmm. we do travel a lot together and, and a lot of the meetings we're, we're both there. It really works very easy for us. It's a very easy flow and we do different things within the business. So we're not stepping on each other's toes. I have faith and trust in what he's doing. And and he also has the same for me and the decisions I'm making for the business. And then also the second part to that is that both of our parents also ran businesses together. So we both grew up in a oh, household perfect. with parents that worked together. Yeah. So it, it was just, it was what we saw and it, it just, it worked.
0: It's awesome. That's really great. You know, you mentioned parents, and that begs me to ask the the question I ask all my guests, and that's about driving inspirations, what I call influential people or mentors in your life that made a big difference and really helped you. Is there somebody like that in your life?
1: Yeah, I would say my dad. He was a captain in the New Orleans Fire Department. And then, well, in addition to that, he and my mom ran a business in the, in the French Quarter. So he would work two days on, two days off. And then when he was off from the fire department, he would be, you know, working with my mom at their store. And there was always just this, uh, like fearless grit that he had in what he was doing. And he never brought any of, I mean, I can't imagine as a, you know, as a fireman, the things that you see or you do. I mean, you have to be fearless, right? And a little crazy, probably.
0: Yeah, Yeah, super brave, for sure.
1: I just recently started asking him questions about different things that he experienced in fires that they would go to. And he never, you know, the stories he's telling me now, it's like, I feel it now in my heart, like man, that that's heavy. You know, he carried that for a long time, and the things that he saw, but he never brought that home. For me, as a little kid, I, he, I never saw any worry on his face or any of the the pain and the things that he experienced through that. So I think, you know, for me, it's looking up to him, and he always just he just did it. He just did what he had to do, and there was a a huge work ethic, but never complaining about it. Mm. So I I think for me, that was a great lesson to get to have someone in my life like that.
0: Well, you were, you are very fortunate. And my hat's off to him. First responders are the heroes, the heroes of the world. And I, I really don't believe people give them enough credit uh, not only for the bravery in what they do, walking into situations that the rest of us want to walk away from or look away from, uh, but also the ability to separate that part of his life with his family life. And I have a a good friend who is a, a surgeon, neurosurgeon, pediatric neurosurgeon. And you know, he operates on babies and that are in severe trauma. And I said, how do you do that? And he he's a funny guy. He just said, well, I'm just a mechanic. He said, I go in, I do my job and close the lid. And I try to think of my job as that because you get consumed mm-hmm. so quickly in the personal side and you have to be very careful to, you know, you have to have bedside manner, but it's the same with a firefighter, a police officer, or whomever is, or a, or a soldier uh, on the battlefield. Incredible people. Mm-hmm. So you're very, very very fortunate, but I can tell that you know that. How would you advise, let's say a young person or even somebody's changing their career path to go into their business for themselves? What you guys did with you and your husband with this side hustle, creating this tremendous business, how would you advise somebody that's wants to, or thinks they're going to step into maybe what looks like a glamorous world from the outside, but (laughs) there's a few challenges with it for sure. How would you advise somebody?
1: Yeah. I mean, just like you said, I, my first, you know, in, in saying it in a nice way, because you don't, you're not trying to crush anybody's dreams, right? You want to encourage people all the time to set the tone of this looks glamorous and this looks fabulous to work for yourself and and yeah there are tons of benefits but it's it's not easy you know there's there's a, a heaviness that that comes with um running your own business and there's a lot of risk and people don't realize how much you put on the table to run a business and it's not just like the startup money but it's it's your whole life at any moment you could be responsible for someone in your company making a bad decision and you know End up hurting you, and and they just you Sink know it's not the their business. Yeah. They don't have ownership in it. Right. So understanding that part of the thought process, and really just being okay with it, if you can have that thought process of okay, I understand really what this is going to take before making that decision, because there is a lot of great career choices that are not in that ownership level. But, you know, it takes the right person. And I think that we don't talk about encouraging the entrepreneur lifestyle enough in schools because I, I do think that it is a good career choice for the right person. And if we all are right. able to train that in students and teach them all of the different things that I didn't learn, I had to, I had to figure it out as I was going, then there are probably a lot of mistakes that I could have avoided had this been talked about as a career choice more when I was younger.
0: Oh, boy, you hit a nerve with me in that one. I I believe it. I've asked that same question over the decades. And I had a friend tell me once, he said, Mark, you need to understand that the public education system is designed to create worker bees. And I Mm -hmm. went, what? He said, yeah, that's what it was always designed for. And sadly, what it continues to be in many cases, the bell rings, sit down, be quiet, do your work. The bell rings, get up, eat your lunch. The bell rings, sit down, be quiet, do your work. Mm -hmm. And I know some schools, and I don't mean to beat on schools too much here, but some schools are trying to break out of that, but many schools are designed just for that. And that's what the entire education system was built just 100 years ago to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same same time, having run businesses, uh, there are people that don't want that risk. They like to go to work, work hard, and that's great, and go home and not think about it. But uh, for those of us who have our own businesses... <laughs> That's usually not an option. It's hard to separate those. Yeah, things. yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with
1: you. I and mean, yeah. we need both. I mean, you know, there has to be someone at every level within the business for the business to run. So it's not about swinging the pendulum all the way in one direction. But I agree with you about the schools. I recently just took both my kids out of school and they're they're homeschooled in a little micro pod with <laughs> some other families. Yeah, and we've hired a teacher and and we we have strategically selected their curriculum to include um, lessons on entrepreneurship and and they get to visit other businesses and wow. talk to
0: Wonderful. different
1: you know people in different careers and um, so I agree with you on that Wow. Uh, I'm going to put
0: you in touch with my kids because they want to do the same thing with their children and how they're they're working on how to structure all that. My son doesn't even have kids yet, but they'd like to uh, soon, hopefully. And we've got one grandson and a granddaughter coming. And yeah, uh, the schools have changed a lot and there's a lot of different opportunities now for people. So my hat's off to you for doing that. That's not easy either on top of running a business, but my hat's off to you for doing that. I think it's a very, very wise decision. Hey, let's talk a little bit about challenges, which is a silly thing to ask an entrepreneur, but I'd love for you to share one specific challenge that you and your husband perhaps faced in in this business or this could be a life challenge uh, but more importantly what did that challenge teach you so you can look back and say okay it wasn't so much fun but I'm glad I went through it because it was a really valuable lesson
1: uh, I think the biggest challenge for me first thing that comes to mind is the balance of being a mother and a and not just a business owner but having a career so whatever your career is is I see the struggle with the other women that work for me and, and in other groups that I'm in. This is something that we talk about, but isn't necessarily talked about enough. It's just, it's a, it's a struggle to find the balance. And I think as women, and not that men don't have this to, you know, work through the same balance, I think women generally carry more of a guilt when they're doing more of one thing and less of another, and they feel guilty that they're not at home more, or they'll feel guilty that they didn't get more done at work because their child was sick that day. And there's, you know, there, it affects your mental health a little bit, you know, to to not feel like you're ever balancing things. And I think there is no balance. You know, I try not to be like, oh, I don't have a good work-life balance. I, I try not to look at that. I try to give my time where it's, where it's needed because we'll never find a balance. But that for me is, is, is a challenge. I don't have a solution to share, but, um, I think sometimes just hearing that other women are going through the same thing, there is some comfort there that, Hey, we can do this. There are successful women that are raising successful children. It makes you feel a little bit better when you, when you can meet someone going through the same thing.
0: You know, it probably already exists, but there'd be a great podcast topic. And there's probably... Uh, some women out there doing this, you know, how to do that balance and talking with other people and, and strategies and things. The great thing about today is this, the internet has so many resources and I, maybe because my daughter had a baby, I get these things that show up on Instagram feeds and so forth that are just techniques and tricks and tips about you know, running your life Mm -hmm. and working with children, I go, man, I I wish I'd known that when our kids were little. What a simple little thing. But I never thought of it Mm -hmm. because you're just so consumed working all the time and trying to make that family uh, work together. But yeah, and I would agree with you. Um, It's I'm just talking for myself, but for men to they get up, they go off to work and You know, they do their thing, and if women are even at home, be an at-home mom. There's all these different things involved. My wife went through it when she uh, left her career as an engineer to stay home with her kids, and it Mm -hmm. took her a while to adjust to that because she was used to going in. She's a super smart lady, mathematical mind. She was a civil engineer, and, and to be home and not have that interaction not only with her work and what she'd studied in college and done, but also with other. Adults, so I get home and she's like, "I got to talk to an adult, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> say some adult things, you know." Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, and it, it, I wasn't understanding it very well, you know. I'm like, "Hey, I'm tired, I'm worn mm-hmm. out, I don't want to talk about anything. I've been talking with adults all day. I'm sick of adults. Yep. Yeah, I just want to play with yep. the kids." So, yeah, it's it's a tough balance <laughs> for sure. So, again, all all of you women and you, Tiffany, doing this, uh, my hats off to you because it is not easy. That's for sure. Well, thank you. Bucket mm-hmm. list ideas. Uh, I know there's things you can't talk about of where you're business is going, but if you could give us a little bit of a perspective in the next few years of how you'd like to grow the brand, do you have some things you could share with us of where you want to go?
1: Yeah, so our our five year goal, at least the goal that I'm setting, I would like to see sixty percent growth for our business within wow. the next five years. And we've always been growing. So growth is not a new thing for us. I think but now, you know, I mean, the bigger you grow, the harder it is to achieve these bigger numbers and growth. But I think we absolutely can achieve that within the next five years. But I would like to do it in a strategic way where we're building sustainable systems within the operation that it makes it easier for us to get there. So I don't want to, you know, grow ourselves into failure. It's not about just discounting everything and like making some huge sales. I really want to be able to build the brand. To the level that I see it and have it show up in the market in new places where we might not be yet or in bigger ways, so yeah I, I'm focused on growth for the business and you know for me personally when I you know I think of bucket list, I think of all the things that I want to do and and i I love to travel so for me i'm I'm building a life that will allow me to have the experiences that I want and that I'm able to be able to take those opportunities and stepping away from the business, even if it's just for a few days to go somewhere with the family, but know that the business is still running and operating without me because I have great employees in place and I I trust them and, and because our systems are flowing and uh, there's less likelihood of them needing me for any kind of fires. So that's kind of what my focus is right now. So it's building all of these things in the back end of the operation. I know we've got new great products coming out, not concerned on that. So for me, it's about making sure that we can sustain the growth.
0: Oh, awesome goals. Absolutely. Have you ever heard of a book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read that? I haven't that? read it, but I
1: yeah. know. But I do know of this book.
0: I'll tell you, uh, it was years ago, decades ago. That book changed the course of a business I was part of. Tremendous. And it touches on many of the things you just talked about. It'd be worth picking up and, and reading. I know we're going to talk about books in a minute, but uh, that one really changed the way we thought about things. You're, I can tell you're already on that path. So uh, bravo to you for that, but uh,
1: awesome. yeah, give, I'll that, check it
0: out. give that one a try. So I imagine you're a bit of a car gal. You're married to a guy It sounds like he's a car guy, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Definitely. So, so is there a special vehicle in your life that maybe you could share a story with us?
1: Uh, yes. So I think my first interaction really with a vehicle that I remember that I, I thought was really cool at the time and I was young, my grandfather, who is... From the Philippines, he joined the Navy during World War II when they were enlisting uh, Filipinos and oh, wow. gave them citizenship here. And he started a little newsstand in the French Quarter that I mentioned earlier, where my parents worked. And he had a 1976 red Bronco. Cool. And everyone knew this car <laughs> in the French Quarter. All of the locals, all of the people that worked around there. And I remember driving with him, he would, my parents would work there in the afternoon. So I spent a lot of time with him and he would drive me to and from to go meet my parents and I get to ride in this Bronco. I just remember it so vividly. Like I remember how the seats felt and, you know, we had to have the windows rolled down most of the time. I guess it didn't have air conditioning. I just remember the windows rolled down all <laughs> sure. the time, yeah. but everyone would recognize this vehicle and they would wave to him and they would say, Hey, Mr. Sydney," And he would wave back. And I just remember feeling like this little celebrity. I was, you know, I yeah. probably like seven years old being like everybody knows him and this vehicle. And, and they would wave and I would get excited and wave back. That's kind of my first memory with a a vehicle that I think is pretty iconic now. And he kept it for so long and I wish we still had it. But after after Katrina, and it just kind of sat there, but after Katrina, that along with his house and all of that was oh, washed no. away, but it oh, would have been a pretty cool thing to be able to, you know, pull the cover off off and be like, man, I still have this thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. What a great story. Wow. You know, I have a, a good friend I grew up with. Her father was in the Philippines and he came over here and built up a huge successful business. And she, my friend and her husband, they have a really good successful business. So a, a lot of uh, aligning thoughts here on this, but what a great story. Yeah. And I would assume then the new Bronco that's come out, I know you guys provide products that work on that, that, mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of uh, interests you.
1: Yeah, it did. And we've 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 got a ton of stuff already out for the Bronco. Um, and we're we have a lot of stuff in the works still. So it's it's definitely a fun vehicle to work on and create things for. It's it's the popularity for it is, is amazing and the automotive enthusiast is you know, these people just wanna modify everything on the Bronco, which is our, you know, ideal customer because we can just keep putting stuff out and, and they just, you know, give, give us great feedback and are, and are such an advocate for the brand.
0: You know, I, I didn't uh, kind of preview you this on this question, but I want to ask your opinion on something about the upcoming incredible change in the automotive sector, and that is electric vehicles. Do you see that being something that affects your brand in a good way? Do you believe that the onslaught of incoming electric vehicles that are, whether you feel like they're being pushed on us or whatever they're here uh they're probably not going to go anywhere uh do you see that as something that will be a, a big growth area or is that just another vehicle like any other vehicle that's going to come along and people that love cars are going want to do interesting things to them
1: yeah i think uh i think it's going to take a little while but i i do think that the aftermarket sector will embrace it I don't know that they're fully there yet, especially our client base. I don't I don't know that they're excited about it just yet, but I I mean at some point we're going to have no choice and we'll we're going to look at it as we do with anything else that comes out and see how can we make this better. What, what are they lacking on in lighting, and where can we make improvements? And um, yeah, we're just going to have to go with it when it when the time has yeah, come. <laughs>
0: that wave's coming, huh? not unlike Katrina. Yes, yes. Uh, you got to just deal with it. So uh, not ter- mm-hmm. not as terrible, boy, not to uh, uh, make light of that catastrophe. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So I'm going to be a car psychologist today a little bit, crawl into your head. If you were <laughs> manifest, reincarnated as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be, this is who you see in the mirror, the lady in the mirror, deep down inside, what would you be and more importantly, why?
1: <laughs> okay. So when I first hear this, you saying this question, um, I wonder if anyone has ever said this, but my first thought is a Formula One car. A, a few people. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> really? would
0: love to be a sleek Formula One car. Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: I just, I, well, I love Formula One, but cool. I think of like the peak performance of these vehicles. It's just, it's there's nothing else like it. And- just the high speed that they're operating at, I relate to that. <laughs>
0: no kidding. But then
1: you also think about that they, you know, these cars, if these cars were people, they're getting to run on these amazing circuits and they get to travel the world and they get to take breaks in between and just be like catered to. <laughs> what a nice life, right? I would love that. I never thought about <laughs> it
0: that way for a Formula One car. <laughs> yeah. Have you watched the, uh, the Drive to Survive series?
1: Yes, yes. Now we were big fans before that series came out. I know that that has driven a lot of new fans, which is amazing, at least in the US. Uh, But of course, we've watched it and I love it. We try to go to at least one race every year.
0: Very cool. Yeah, and uh, this year we've got some great races over here uh, that are coming mm-hmm. up. And uh, looking I at what they're, three. Pl- they're planning in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that city yeah. is going to turn into F1 City. But uh, what, what a better place. I, mm-hmm. They had an F1 race there long, long ago, and it was just kind of silly. It was in a big parking lot. This is going to be quite different. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it will be pretty cool. You know, I, I know that successful people, and almost all of them, I've Met here on this show, always find ways to give back and help others. And I always think of business owners as the supreme givers, meaning they provide opportunities for people to have jobs. And I think you would agree that when people have a job and they can support themselves, they feel really good about themselves versus the alternative. So, Mm -hmm. are there some ways that you guys view your business or yourselves as those who give back, or maybe some other ways that you do more charity or philanthropic ideas?
1: Yes. So um, I am a huge advocate for volunteer work, and specifically within SEMA, there are lots of opportunities for this. I am a part of uh, SBN at SEMA Business Women's Network, and I'll be moving into their uh, chair elect position in July. Oh, I've been awesome. volunteering with them for a few years. Congratulations. And thank you. And we we just, we are doing so much in the industry, and and the other volunteers that I've met have Just been, it's been so eye opening and it met so many great people. We're bringing different education series to women. We just last year created uh, the Women's Leadership Forum, which we will be holding annually, and just an opportunity for other women in the automotive industry to come together and get to feel heard and seen and supported. And it's just about building a network of support. And it's, it's women from, from all different sectors. And, you know, there's women who are painters and and engineers and and executive positions and marketing. And I really love being a part of that group and, and there are so many other options out there, but I think that volunteering and being a part of a network similar to that is very rewarding. So I'm a huge advocate for that.
0: Well, it's awesome you're doing that. I've had hundreds of women as guests on the show, and many of them are involved with SEMA doing lots of different things. And I love to see this. It's fantastic. So uh, bravo to you for fitting that into your life. But SEMA is just an incredible opportunity for so many people in businesses like yours. I had the president of SEMA on the show just last month. And uh, yeah, and I've walked those halls Thirty-two mm-hmm. times, so many times, know, worn out many <laughs> many shoes and socks walking that hall. At least it's become more casual. Back in the early days, we all wore suits, and it was just oh, uh, add that. Oh and it, my! And plus, they allowed smoking in the halls, and it was like I can't stand to be oh no a Oh, it was just yeah, uh-huh. it was a little challenging. But uh, <laughs> bravo to you and, and all the women doing their uh, hard work at SEMA as part of this network. So I mentioned a great book earlier. Is there a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um so the last book that I just finished reading is called Die with Zero and I I read a lot of like leadership books and and books about business and trying to always keep myself inspired and you know learning new things and ways of doing business but this one was about realizing I mean obviously you know they say life is short but really digging into that to say okay we're we're working we're we're trying to build wealth and and you know make money and do all all of these things but are we really enjoying it? You know, you can't take it with you. And looking at the people around you and saying, who who can I help? You know, with whether it's my time or whether it's some kind of you know somebody's in financial need or or bringing people on experiences with you and spending your money in a way that you're enjoying it. Because why else are we doing this if we're not enjoying our life? And why why wait? I don't. There's so many places that I have on my to do list to travel to, but I'm not waiting to go on these things until I can say like, Oh, I've retired. And now's my time to do it because who knows at what age I'm going to make it to, or, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm 39 right now. I'm never going to be 39 again. And I feel like I can move around really well. And I just, I want to take advantage of that. Enjoy my life while I can. We recently took our kids to Egypt in, uh in January. Oh, wow. And um, it's just, just trying to live while I can, you know, and be happy and, and, So that's what the book is about. (laughs) But it was really good.
0: Yeah, Bill Perkins is the author of that book. And uh, yeah, the the, um, subheading is getting all you can. Uh, Let's see, getting all you can from your money and your life. I think that's how it goes. But uh, it's a wonderful book. And, you know, some people that I know the title has scared some people away like, well, Don't you want to like leave something for your heirs, your kids? But that's not what the book's about. Um, It's really about living your life. So I'm glad you recommended that book. It's it's one that everybody should read. Oh, I'm thinking about being 39. That seems like a long time ago. Oh, my goodness. So young. (laughs) But uh yeah, time is fleeting, and if anything COVID taught us, is uh, you, you're not promised tomorrow. So yeah, get out there and live mm-hmm. your life. Uh, get your hands on mm-hmm. this book. Very cool. So before I let you go today, I'm a bit of an enabler here, but it's a fun enable. <laughs> I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world if you want me to bring back Grandpa's truck that bronco i can do that <laughs> we've got the magic wallet here at cars yeah you can take the car anywhere and you can take anybody with you even somebody from the past who's no longer with us so what does the ultimate drive look like for a fast moving lady like you
1: mm, good question hmm. so i at first i want to pick like a really fast car for this <laughs> yeah, a formula one car but i <laughs> it's maybe. i don't think <laughs> i i think my answer might actually be the bronco that we built for SEMA would be the car that I would pick and you wouldn't have to manifest that for me because I already have it. Nice. But I would love the experience of taking my grandfather in this new Bronco and taking him out off roading in somewhere beautiful like maybe Moab or some place that he never got to experience and just get to see his grin in like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and wow. uh I th- I think that that would be pretty awesome. And you know there were so many he had so many experiences in his life that he did try to you know tell me his story when when i was younger but i you know i only listened to so much of it but now as an adult if i could have that time with him to just learn more about the challenges that he faced in coming here and building a business. I mean, I, I could speak to any any business owner for hours and ask a million questions until they're like, okay, too much of you. <laughs> You've asked <laughs> too many questions because yeah. I'm so interested in it genuinely as an adult. I think it's, it's so amazing when someone can create something that it fascinates me. But to have that experience with him, to learn as an immigrant, how did you handle that coming here alone with no money and building a business? That, that opportunity would be pretty awesome. And then to see his Cute little smile, seeing the Bronco that that I have now.
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be magical uh, for sure. But yeah, it's, you know, older people that have been around and done that, especially people that, you know, came to the United States with a dream to create something and they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. I'm just in awe of, it's just absolutely incredible. So uh, hats off to your grandpa and uh, that dream. That would be pretty darn cool. You have taken us on a very fun drive today and I can't thank you enough for spending time with me and sharing what you're doing there at Oracle Lighting. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration, wisdom, a success quote or a mantra perhaps?
1: So I feel like there's a quote that I go back to often when I feel kind of beat down or, or heavy And it's Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena. Mm, And I won't read it. Don't worry, because it's long. (laughs) It is, yeah. But I'll just, I have a copy of it printed on my desk and I just will pull it out sometimes and just read it when I need that pick-me-up and just that reminder not to let other people who are not attempting to build something great, not to let those people take my focus away. You know, it's the people that sit on the sidelines criticizing, but are not attempting to do anything those are the people that i that should not be in my line of sight they're there i can acknowledge it and move on from it so sometimes that's that's the one that kind of picks me back up and i'm like man this president can you imagine teddy roosevelt all the things that the criticism of anyone in that high level has to deal with, if they can still be successful and run a company, a, a country, then I can run the company and <laughs> yeah. go through the same thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, folks like that have uh rhino hide for skin. I just, uh, yeah, I, I take, too much personally sometimes and i have to stop and go does that really matter i mean right i remember the first uh criticism i got when i started this podcast and i didn't know what i was doing and it still stands out to me today and it's like oh why am i letting that bother me so much and mm-hmm. then i found out that gentleman he goes around and does that to everybody that's kind of his shtick is just sticking it- <laughs> I have a feeling he probably is not building anything, but uh, at least that right. makes me feel a little bit better. But Teddy Absolutely. Roosevelt's Man in the Arena. I'll put links to that. For those of you who have not heard it, please uh, go to Tiffany's show notes page on the Carja website. I'll have a click uh, link there so you can read it, and perhaps it can end up on your desk as well. How can people learn more about Oracle Lighting?
1: Well, you can go to our website, OracleLights.com, and we're on social media everywhere, Oracle Lighting. You can just... Search us in Instagram, Facebook, and um, we're there. We're on LinkedIn. We're here and ready to talk to anyone that's got questions and send us pictures. If you've, We love seeing pictures from people who have our products as well. We're constantly resharing them on social media. So please reach out with us. Engage with us. We, we love that.
0: Listeners, check them out. If you are not aware of Oracle Lighting, I'll put links to it, but it's easy to find. Oracle Lighting. Oracle Lights, is that right? OracleLights.com?
1: OracleLights.com.
0: Lights, okay. I always want to put the ing there, but you'll find them. They're easy to find. I like the the na- your name too, and the meaning behind Oracle and everything. That works out really cool. We did to talk <laughs> about that, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And a quick shout out to my friends at Con Media, specifically Eric Becker, who got us together today. So Eric, thank you for bringing Tiffany to Cars. Yeah, brought me another great stellar star. Tiffany, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. My hats off to you and the team there for what you guys are building. Until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road or probably at a SEMA show. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. This was great. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up